It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm frank morano while many may have forgotten that this war in ukraine is still raging we have not on this program and one of the things that i've tried to do when discussing this is give you news and give you perspectives that you don't hear for the most part in western media and you would think that um, a war that the two largest nuclear powers in the world are on the opposite sides of, of course, United States and Russia, you would want to hear the perspective of everybody that's involved in that conflict. Unfortunately, one of the things that we've seen with Western media is that there's, with very few exceptions, the exceptions being Tucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald, maybe Michael Tracy, maybe Matt Taibbi, we, the, the, the nation and Katrina Vanden Heuvel, we are spoon-fed only one perspective on this. And I am trying to do my part to make sure you get to hear all points of view. To that end, I am grateful to be joined live from Moscow in Russia by Dmitry Babich, a political analyst currently working for the uh, in. I-N-O-S-M-I, Internet Media Project. He has more than 30 years of journalistic experience. He started working in 1990 for then-Soviet newspapers, including the Moscow News. He has been a contributor at the Boston Globe. For several years, he worked as a translator at the Moscow office of the Chicago Tribune uh, in the 90s. And, and later, he gave dozens of interviews to the BBC, to Al Jazeera, even CNN. And since 2008, he's been working at the Russian news agency RIA Novosti. Dmitry, it's great to talk with you. I appreciate you joining me. Yes, nice to hear from you, and nice to hear from all the friends in the United States. Uh, Dimitri, tell me a little bit, just so people understand what you're doing now and the perspective you're coming from. What exactly is um, the the INOSMI Internet Media Project? What is that? 
Well, in Russian, it is said inosmi, which, inosmi. Means, uh, which means foreign media. Uh, I translate articles uh, from English, from French, from German. These are all my languages, you know, from Polish, sometimes from Spanish. Uh, these are articles uh, in foreign press which have something to do with Russia, usually, or which uh, uh, present some kind of interest uh, for an average Russian reader. So we have millions of people visiting our site every day. People are very eager to, to read uh, what uh, the Western media is saying about Russia. And interestingly, the most popular part of it is uh, when I translate the comments of uh, readers, you know, Americans, the French, Germans, uh, their comments to the articles, which are usually very negative about Russia. But a lot of comments are arguing with this negativity. Mm. A lot of comments are actually positive. So people are reacting in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, before that, I wanted to tell you, I worked at RIA Novosti. This is the way it is pronounced. RIA Novosti was the largest uh, Russian news agency in the early 2000s. I, I, I left uh, in 2011. But uh, for 10 years, when I worked there, it was a very liberal uh, media outlet, even though it was state-owned, and it organized uh, the meetings with uh, American experts, diplomats, politicians, and also with experts from all over the world, the so-called Valdai Discussion Club. You probably heard about it. Uh, this was an annual event during which uh, uh, popular Russian, uh, Russia pundits, I would say, from the United States were invited to Russia. And they had a chance to talk to President Putin for several hours, usually interview him, asking him many questions. Uh, pretty well-known people such as um, uh, such as Angela Stant, you know, uh, such as Fiona Hill. She was my friend then. Uh, they were part of that program. They came to Russia. So we can't say that uh, we didn't inform American specialists on Russia. And uh, this is what makes me particularly sad now mm. because... These people are obviously saying things that they know are not true uh, because they visited Russia dozens of times. Right. Well, that's interesting. I want to follow up on that. But ju just so the audience understands your perspective currently, is Inosmi, is that a Russian-owned media organization or is that independent of the Russian government? Uh, we make our own money on advertising. Uh, but uh, it's a public service, you know, uh, it's a public service. Basically, uh, 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 we are not uh, uh, publishing anything that the government tells us to publish. We just translate articles. Uh, sometimes we make uh, footnotes so that the audience would better understand it. Uh, but uh, I don't get my money from the government. I, I, I get it from advertising. Uh, and most of my life, I must tell you, I worked uh, in the state-owned media, I worked in the private media. Sometimes, uh, this is something that many Americans may be surprised about, but state-owned media in Russia was sometimes pretty pro-Western, more pro-Western than some of the private media outlets, because private media outlets catering to mm. the public opinion, which is sometimes nationalists, uh, nationalist, uh, they they sometimes publish things that the state uh, old media would just not publish, you know. Uh, and a lot of people in the state apparatus in Russia, at least until recently, 
were very liberal and pro-Western. They, they used, uh, like Gorbachev, the power that they had inside the system in order to improve relations with the West. A lot of them have uh, uh, you know, children studying in the West. A lot of them had uh, property in the West, which is now being confiscated by Western governments. In general, what happened uh, during the last eight years since 2014, I, I think it, it, it was a huge tragedy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, for Russia and for the world, and it was a result, I think, of a huge misunderstanding of, of a uh, unwillingness of both sides to listen, to listen to what the other side says. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Dmitry Babich, a veteran journalist and political analyst, joining us live from Moscow in Russia. I guess the 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 real question I'm asking is uh, are you able, both in this interview and in general, to speak freely about your opinions about what's going on in Ukraine? Or is there a concern that if you say the wrong thing, and I think this is the perception among a lot of Americans, that you're going to get hauled off to the gulag somewhere and have to answer to Vladimir Putin for why you're being critical? Are you able to speak freely? Uh, well, uh, uh, I usually do that joke with a lot of Western journalists who interview me. I can say right now, Putin is an idiot. You know, if I lived in a dictatorship, if I lived under Brezhnev and I said something like this, I would be in big trouble. You would be able to uh, to blackmail me, you know, saying I can report to the government that you called our leader an idiot. No, uh, Russia is still a very different country from what the Soviet Union used to be before Gorbachev. And there is a lot of criticism in the media of what the government is doing. Yes, because it is a war, uh, there are uh, certain uh, changes uh, for the negative. But still, there is a lot of freedom and there are many media outlets which uh, just speak their mind. Uh, the, the problem is that sometimes when they speak their, their mind, they cater to their nationalist audience and uh, they say abominable things. But uh, in general, the plurality of opinion uh, in the media in Russia is still very large. There is not a lot of freedom of political action. It is still very difficult to found a new political party that would have a chance to make a good showing at the elections. But that's true in many countries. Yeah. Uh, uh, but th there is still a freedom of expression. There is no freedom or, or there is limited freedom of political action. That's how I would define Understood. it. Understood. That makes sense. And I, I think that you painted a, a very clear picture to the audience when it comes to uh, free expression versus free exercise of political rights. So let me ask you about the prevailing narrative in Western media about this war in Ukraine. The prevailing narrative goes something like this, that this was a war of aggression on the part of Vladimir Putin and Russia, and he invaded a country that never attacked Russia, and uh, this was unnecessary and aggressive, and um, that's what, and he is the villain in this whole story here. As far as you see it, is there any flaw in that narrative? 
Well, there is a flaw in that narrative because it sounds like a Hollywood story with an ultimate villain, you know, a melodramatic villain, a very bad guy who, who just, uh, you know, subjugates other people. And uh, uh, it is very easy to sell this picture to people because people need a face. They need an image that they can hate. Unfortunately, in today's world, I think uh, the evil is not always impersonated. Uh, the, the most evil things in today's world are ideologies. It's not humans. And, and uh, talking about dictatorships, uh, you know, I lived in the United States not very long, but uh, in, the, in the 90s I studied uh, in Boston, and since then I have been visiting the United States and I follow the media every day. I can tell you, uh, that's my opinion, I finally realized now when I'm 50 that a dictatorship of one person is, of course, very bad, but a dictatorship of ideology is much worse because a, a person may feel pity for someone or he may or she may be afraid, you know, so uh, uh, he can stop or she can stop uh, at a certain moment out of pity or out of fear. Ideology has no fear and it has no pity. So unfortunately, the ultra-liberal ideology that I see in power in the European Union and to a certain extent in the United States, I think, unfortunately, uh, you are living under a dictatorship of ideology. And, and when you and, say... And uh, that's sometimes more dangerous than a dictatorship of a single person. When you person. say a dictatorship of ideology, I can certainly understand a dictatorship of ideology when it comes to something like communism. But what exactly do you mean that the European Union and maybe the United States could be li living in a dictatorship of ideology? How are we living in a dictatorship of ideology? Uh, let me first uh, just say a few words about the war, because I think uh, um, your uh, listeners wanted to hear mm -hmm. my opinion. I think that uh, uh, this was a tragedy in the making. It started when the legally elected president Yanukovych was ousted violently mm -hmm. in 2014, unfortunately with a lot of open help from the United States and the European Union. But Putin's response to it in 2022, I think, was a mistake. Uh, instead of quickly resolving the problem and uh, uh, helping the world, uh, I think it made things worse in, in, in a lot of ways. Could we act in a different way is a big question. I, I hope historians will uh, decide it for us. But uh, uh, not historians will decide. Historians will find out. <laughs> Let's put it like that. But, uh, but I think uh, that uh, the reason why Putin decided to do it was not that he wanted to reestablish the Soviet Union. He doesn't have such idiotic plans. He just saw that Ukraine was becoming a huge threat. Uh, there were NATO forces there. Uh, you know, they were called training centers. But in fact, these were real bases, you know. Tens of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers uh, uh, underwent training by American and European specialists, military specialists. And uh, the problem is that Ukraine is so close to Moscow. You know, Baltics is close to St. Petersburg, which is also very important. But Ukraine is so close to Moscow that if there had been a real confrontation between NATO and Russia with Ukraine in the hands of NATO, Russia would have to switch to the nuclear option immediately because there would be no way Russia could defend itself from NATO by conventional means if NATO controlled Ukraine. So I think when Putin decided to start this uh, war, 
which is called a special, which was called a special military operation. I think he was sincere. I think he expected it would not last for more than a few weeks, and uh, maybe a few hundreds of people would die. He, of course, did not expect the tragedy that followed. I think he thought he was not only helping Russia. I think he was helping the world. You know, removing the huge danger of uh, of a real nuclear confrontation. I think he wanted uh, another. Cuban Missile Crisis, after which, you remember, people were very scared in uh, 1962, but because both Kennedy and Khrushchev got scared, for the next uh, 50 years, both sides acted very responsibly Mm -hmm. with their nuclear forces. Now, unfortunately, this uh, capital of fear, I think this is a wise fear, you know, because nuclear weapons are indeed hideous, hideous things that can destroy the world. Now the capital is running out. Uh, Now to your question about ideology, let me explain it very quickly. In the beginning of the 20th century, if we look uh, which ideologies replaced Christianity when people basically stopped believing in God, we can see that these were liberalism, socialism, and nationalism, right? I think you agree with me. Uh, Uh, All three of these ideologies in in limited amounts uh, did a huge service to humanity. I mean, uh, like uh, socialist ideas of the late 19th century were excellent. You know, public uh, schools, uh, uh, free education, uh, polyclinics, you know, made care for everyone. These were nice ideas. Nationalism, you know, when Germany united, uh, thanks to Bismarck, when Italy united, thanks to Garibaldi, uh, you know, the early nationalism was not bad. And liberalism, we know, it did huge service to humanity. Uh, they, 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 flourishing flourishing countries uh, in the post-war period, such as Western Europe, such as the United States. I think these were huge success stories. But unfortunately, every one of these ideologies had a terrible busted version, I would say, a terribly primitivized version for the masses, uh, when each of these ideologies decided to spread around the world and to establish itself as the only one, as a monopoly. That busted version of European nationalism was, of course, German Nazism, and similar regimes in, in, in countries like Japan, Italy, well, we know the story, right? Mm. The, the terrible misinterpretation of the socialist ideas uh, of the late 19th century was the early Soviet Union, Maoist China, North Korea now, we know the story. Unfortunately, liberalism also produced a busted version. Uh, uh, you know, these were excellent ideas, such as feminism, such as protection of minorities, such as, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we know the story, sure. <laughs> uh, political correct words for that. Unfortunately, what we see now is a terrible, terrible primitivization and misinterpretation of these stories. When instead of equality of rights, we have people basically fighting for privileges and, and trying to impose this kind of... Uh, primitivized version of liberalism, I would call it ultra-liberalism, on the rest of the world. Understood, understood. Uh, uh, I think this is the real reason behind the wars in Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and other countries. I yeah. don't think Americans wanted to occupy Iraq or Afghanistan, make it part of the United States. No, they wanted to spread 
Nice ideas. No, there, I agree. But the result I, was agreed. And I, I've made similar points. So, hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Dimitri, um, we have very limited time, but there's two, uh, at least two other areas that I'd like to get into with you. Yesterday, uh, we saw the... Yes, can you hear me, sir? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there, we saw... Yeah, here now. Okay, we saw these images of uh, the 23 victims um, that died, including four children, when two missiles slammed into an apartment building in um, in this central Ukrainian city. Uh, actually, it's six children. Um, a lot of people are saying, okay, even if Putin had some justification in going to war in the first place, the way that this war is being conducted in a manner that hurts civilians and kills children is simply unforgivable. What is your view on that, sir? Uh, well, I think uh, that indeed uh, uh, killing people cannot be justified by anything. And uh, in that sense, I understand the emotions and the feelings of the people who react the way you say. Uh, on the other hand, I must tell you, people in Donetsk and Lugansk have been killed every day by uh, Ukrainian missiles and by bombardments since 2014. Uh, People started to be killed in Kiev when uh, uh, the so-called Maidan revolution happened. Uh, The US media openly called it a revolution. And you know how many policemen were killed during the five months that this illegal action continued. 38 men were killed and hundreds were maimed. And, And finally, the US the U.S. media sometimes kept calling it peaceful protest. So I think it's a huge tragedy that started back then in 2013 when uh, President Yanukovych took a totally legal decision to postpone. He did not cancel uh, the, the association agreement with Europe. He postponed it and he asked the West to understand that he has to postpone it until March because, because it would cost too much. And then this violent protest started and the United States supported it, which was terrible because in the United States, you know, if you kill one or two policemen and if you try to storm the parliament, you know what happens. People would get uh, prison sentences, like they're getting them for what uh, the, the, the mob did uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, you know, the, the Ukrainian nationalists did the same in uh, 2013 and 2014. They stormed the parliament building. They entered it and the parliament started passing completely new laws, of course, you know, under pressure, uh, basically destroying the laws that it had made before. And and the tragedy started then. Uh, Unfortunately, I think uh, when Russia responded after eight years of waiting with a military intervention, it only made losses and it only made the situation worse. Right. Dimitri, I'm going to have to end it there. We're out of time. I appreciate the time this morning, and I, and I sincerely hope we can talk again in the near future. 
Thank you. Thank you. Dimitri Babich, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. I do hope uh, that that was helpful in providing a broader perspective about this conflict rather than just continue to give you one side of this whole situation. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.